Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you have family members that sometimes don't understand why you're so Catholic, why you're so religious, and you feel like, oh man, they, they just don't get me, and they look down on me, or it, it, family life is hard when I'm trying to live my Catholic faith. Actually, though, there are sometimes when God uses certain family members as his instrument to evangelize us, to draw us closer to him. And today on this special edition of All Things Catholic, I want to bring on some special guests. They're going to share their story about how God worked in their family life to bring them closer to the Lord and deeper in their Catholic faith. So joining me today are two focused missionaries. They serve as regional directors for the Fellowship of Catholic University students. I'm so blessed to work with them. It's Aaron and Fallon Scanlon, and uh, they've been with Focus for six years. And thank you for joining us on the show here. Yeah, yeah. so good to be with you. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, listeners, they need to know that I was very blessed to have you two over uh, and a couple of the regional directors recently at the Three Family House for Dinner. And we were sipping some good red wine late into the evening and, and we were all going around just sharing each other's stories about how we, you know, grew in our faith and all. And your story was just, just so awesome, but hilarious. It made us laugh and cry all at the same time. I said, we need to get you on the show. So I, I'm really glad we, we can have you here. Um, tell us a little bit. Uh, so you're not just sisters in Christ. You're not just sisters in your own family. You're, you're actually twins. Yeah. So what was that like growing up as twins and in, 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 a, in a Catholic home? Yeah. Yeah. So Fallon and I uh, grew up, gosh, yeah, best friends, best, best friends, very competitive best friends, I will say. I don't know if that's all twins, but it certainly is our relationship. And uh, we were athletes and and uh, big in the academic world as well, and really involved extracurricularly, but everything was met with a healthy competitive spirit, I would say, uh, growing up. We grew up, uh, we were born in Texas, but we we moved around a lot. My, my dad was a college basketball coach, so we moved around quite a bit. We landed in New Mexico when we were about seven and then were raised there the rest of the time. And um, thanks be to God, raised by uh, wonderful parents who loved us so much and raised us in the faith. But uh, deep catechesis wasn't a big part of our story. And so uh, we were going to mass every Sunday, never miss mass kind of a family, but uh, didn't understand the deep truths of the faith. So that, that carried through our entire high school career, got involved in, in a lot of really awesome uh, organizations that had great friends, virtuous friends. But as far as the Catholic part of our life, that was a little bit just not as integrated. Yeah, it wasn't as integrated and didn't take uh, as much of a main stage. So you go off to college and Aaron, you went off to Oklahoma State and then Fallon, you went to KU, University of Kansas there in Lawrence. So you're Catholic, you're both going to mass on Sunday, but it's kind of like just going through the motions. You, you know, you don't really understand what the mass is all about, the Catholic faith is all about. And if I recall, you got involved in a lot of Protestant organizations that were kind of wooing you away from the Catholic faith. So Fallon, tell us about your experience there at KU. And Yeah, absolutely. We did. I, I came into college at KU 12 hours from home didn't know a soul. So wanted to get involved, got involved with crew. Cause it was familiar kind of like campus, uh, crusade, campus crusade. Yep. Uh, they did wonders. They were great. It was similar to my high school faith experience. So, uh, you know, it was comfortable, went to mass, but really didn't do anything else <laughs> involved in the Catholic stuff, uh, rushed to sorority and just wanted to meet people, wanted to make friends, didn't know anybody. Yeah. And I met a girl in my sorority that really was kind of an entry point for me into the church. And she journeyed with me for, for those four months in the fall very closely. She invited me to things. And, you know, this was a shock to me because I had not met any young 
Catholic people yeah. that were cool <laughs> and like I yeah. wanted to hang out with. And this girl was so fun and she had cool friends and what was her name? Her, Kelsey, Kelsey Bob and not Kelsey Skoke, but, um, and she, she's still a dear friend. Uh, but she was a senior and she just invested in my life as a freshman. I thought this is so cool. This girl wants to hang out with me. And she would invite me to stuff at the Catholic center all the time. And I would just reject her over and over <laughs> and over again, because I was, I was afraid and I was comfortable with the Protestant ministry. And I was afraid of the Catholic stuff because I just didn't know what she was talking about. And I, I, I didn't know anybody there other than her. And so the one time it kind of, she got, she got me, uh, she had gotten to know me for about four months. Uh, she came to find that I was very motivated and I loved, uh, you know, achieving and excelling at things as best I could. And she said, Fallon, there, there's this conference uh, for Greek girls and fraternity guys. And it's for people that want to be in leadership. And I, my ears perked up and I thought, oh, well, that <laughs> sounds like something I could put on my resume. And, and she, that's when she kind of hooked me and she, she uh, gravitated toward me in that way. And I ended up going to this conference in Nashville. It was a, a smaller conference. It ended up being a focus Greek conference. Um, it was run by focus. That's kind of where I met focus, had never heard of it, did not know what focus stood for or did or anything. I thought, again, this was about leadership, <laughs> which it was, but it was faith uh, too. And uh, yeah, I went to the conference and there was a key turning point. I was, I was learning a lot from these talks that I'd never heard before, but the biggest thing was, um, there was an adoration night where the, you know, the priest walks in with the, the monstrance and the Eucharist is inside and he's in this large Cape thing. And I, <laughs> and everyone is dropping to their knees. There's this spotlight, there's this music. And I'm just, I'm like, yeah, smoke. I'm like, are we at a concert? Like, where are we? I'm so confused. I, all You've I, never, seen it. never I, I, I did not know what it was. I, I didn't even know what the word adoration was like, no, or Eucharist even. I mean, it was like communion to me. And, um, so anyway, Anyways, I, I just do what everybody else did uh, at the conference, which was kneel. And I'm still very perplexed why everyone is so intense <laughs> and like looking at this altar in this random hotel room. Like, and, uh, but yeah, I sit there and everyone is just in silence. So I'm like, well, I guess we're praying and journaling. journaling everyone's getting their little books out. And so I do the same thing. I just repeat what I see. And, <laughs> but after a while, I remember I looked at the altar because I'm trying to figure this out. And, uh, the music is playing and I notice something is going on in me. Something is happening in my heart. And I, I, I don't really get what's happening. I just know something's happening. It's powerful. I'm experiencing love and I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. So all I remember writing my journal and I looked back to this day on the same journal and I just wrote, God, I think I need to pray with like praise and worship music more because <laughs> something is happening inside of me. Uh, and I, I still, I mean, I could show you the journal. I, it, it, I thought it was the, the music. <laughs> so it's Matt Marr, not yeah. Jesus. Is that, that's going on? Something's happening. Something is going on. That must be The it. guitar. Yeah. 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 So anyways, that was a, a huge turning point for me. That moment, uh, I knew something was going on. Later, I remember the next day I walked out and Kelsey, the girl that was investing in me, walked past me. And I remember I, she wasn't even talking to me. And she said, oh, yeah, whenever I went up forward in mass to receive Jesus. And, and I remember thinking, wait a minute, what did she just say? <laughs> and again, it was another moment that was kind of like 
what is going on? Like something is missing. You never heard anyone describe the Eucharist as Jesus and receiving Jesus and Holy Communion. So you're thinking, what is Kelsey talking? These Catholics are crazy. They're nuts. Yeah. So that was a real catalyst for me because I went back to campus and I really challenged Jesus. I said, what, what's the truth? So you go back to campus and I'm, you know, you're, you're, you're living this out. I remember you telling about, telling me about, uh, there was a sister that you had a conversation with and that was another big turning point, a sister there at, 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 at the University of Kansas. It was, yeah. The Apostles of the Interior Life, a, a community that I'm deeply indebted to in my formation, in my in my prayer life. But I, I had I had ch- challenged Jesus at that conference. I'm a bit stubborn, and I told him, I said, Jesus you need to tell me what the truth is. Because at this point I I just was wrestling. I was like, what is this? Like, what is happening? And I said, I'm going to do one of three things. I'm not going to do the faith thing. If this isn't real, I'm going to do the Catholic thing and do it well, if it is real, or I'm going to do the Protestant thing. So I need you to tell me. Um, and I kind of challenged Jesus and for the next of that semester into the next, um, Jesus came through with the prayer and he introduced a lot of different people into my life that really started asking me, why are you Catholic? And I mean, it was like over 10 times, 10 different relationships asked me and I didn't know the answer. And that bothered me. Um, I thought to myself, I need to know why I believe what I believe. I don't want to just believe it because somebody told me to, or it's maybe a tradition, you know? So because of that, it was the catalyst to starting to really learn and expose myself in a new way to the church that I was really closed off the first semester to. So that's how I got more involved with the St. Lawrence Center, with the sisters of and the apostles of the interior life community. Um, and it was through a retreat that I had had a similar experience that spring semester with Eucharistic adoration. And I thought the same darn thing. I thought it was the praise and worship music. And I remember (laughs) at the end of the retreat, there was a small group and one of the sisters, Sister Clara, uh, was leading my small group and she was leading us in resolution. She said, what is everyone going to do after the retreat? And I had picked up on the fact that all these holy people that knew a lot more than me that were Catholic on this retreat did this thing called spiritual direction. And I didn't know what the heck spiritual direction was, but I thought, well, if I want to do this thing right, I'm going to do the spiritual direction thing. (laughs) And so I, I, so she went around, we went around the little circle and everyone, yeah, I'm going to do this and that. And I said, I'm going to do spiritual direction. And she said, great. (laughs) So kind. And I went back to campus and I met up with her. And at this point, I just thought, I, I thought that spiritual direction was like apologetics meetings. Um, I thought (laughs) you write a bunch of questions, you bring it to somebody smarter, smarter than you. That's a nun or a priest. And then you leave. And I was like, great. That's like what I need. And so I, yeah, I went to her, our first meeting and I really wanted to ask her about this whole like communion thing. I, I had had two powerful experiences. I was like, what is this? Nobody's telling me I'm not reading it anywhere in my books. And, uh, and I, so what I did, I, I was so prideful and afraid of admitting that I didn't know this stuff that I made up a story and I, about a fake friend, AKA me, uh, and brought it to my spiritual direction appointment. And, and I, it went something kind of like this. I said, sister Clara, you know, I have this, this faithful friend and she loves God a lot. She's Protestant. And recently she was asking me about, uh, the communion thing. And, you know, she was just saying, what, what's the difference between our communion and your communion? Um, and I, you know, I, I told her what I knew and, uh, cause I know, but I just was wondering like, you know, 
how would you respond, sister? <laughs> and um, and she opened up John 6 for me and so patiently walked me through John 6. And I I was particularly struck and and started crying. And, uh, and John 6 is the, the famous bread of bread life of discourse of life. when yeah. Jesus says, I'm yeah. the bread of life and whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood mm-hmm. uh, will have eternal life. So that key Eucharistic passage, you never, you never had, had never. anyone walk you through that. No, I hadn't. And I mean, it just brought, it brought tears to my eyes and I just, everything that I'd experienced in the past six months before that point began to make sense because I'd experienced it in my heart, but I hadn't quite, it hadn't made it up to my intellect yet. And now it was all getting integrated. Uh, and it, it struck me. And honestly, from that point on, it, it just was, nothing was the same for me. Yeah. So you're 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 now on fire as a Catholic and starting to realize how much you didn't know and you're learning and all excited. What's going on down at Oklahoma State with your sister here with Aaron? What's what's happening as you're hearing your sister going through all this? Yeah. In short, I, I had a similar. So funny. Fallon and I went to different universities, but we were attracted to similar things. We both joined Greek Life. I was a Pi Phi at Oklahoma State because I wanted to make friends, just like Fallon. Didn't know anyone going into college. All of that stuff. Got involved involved in crew, funny enough as well. Got a great small group going. They kind of started to take leadership steps in that as well. But we did not have focused missionaries on our campus. And then also our campus center was still very much developing. So there wasn't a ton of like activity going on. So um, I was going to mass every every week, obviously, but uh, similar position as Fallon. Didn't really know a lot of the things, didn't have a lot of community within the church yet there, especially on campus. Um, and, and we didn't have focused missionaries or anything either. And so, but Fallon's experiencing this crazy conversion and, and she's sharing bits and pieces with me, uh, throughout the fall. I would say it hit home more in the spring when, uh, she would call me cause she started getting involved. It was these Sunday theology classes, yeah. right? Yeah. And we, um, and so she would call me because her mind was being blown on some cool topic of the Catholic church. And so she would call me and, you know, I'd be walking back to my dorm or whatever it was. And she'd say, Aaron, you'd never guess what I learned today about the Catholic church. Can I tell you really fast? And, you know, it could be a conversation five minutes or 30 minutes, depending on what she learned that day. And so I'm like, sure, sure. You can, yeah, you can share. And most of the topics I kind of would just, they would kind of go like in one ear out the other. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I'd be sidetracked in my mind and, you know, not, not really that engaged to the conversation. It wasn't actually until one day she, uh, she brought up the topic of birth control and the church's teachings on birth control. And I remember, um, I remember just being struck by them and, and the openness to life that God invites us to and all of these things. But at the time I was very hardened to that. So I hung up the phone. (laughs) I hung up the phone. I hung up. I said, I was like, I'm, I said, well, surely the church doesn't teach that. Like that seems a little bit much, you know? And for, for a twin to hang up on another twin, it's like, bad territory. Yeah, like bad. Bad something news. is bad. <laughs> something in me was very, you know, cause I was like, surely that just seems a little strict, but leans, leans it to, I don't know, be a little bit much. Right. So I hung up the phone. Uh, and at this point I think I, I wasn't really super open to Fallon teaching me anything. Right. But back to that competitive spirit, I wasn't, um, I wasn't interested in her knowing more than me. So, uh, so skip kind of forward a little bit. I, I, you know, reconcile a little bit with her, but we don't really return to that topic. <laughs> Not, uh, my, I don't even know this 
this, but behind the scenes, Fallon is experiencing this huge conversion and praying for my conversion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The entire spring semester. And so, um, that was, that was kind of what was going on. It actually didn't, it, it kind of all came to a head. I would say that summer, uh, that summer we were both involved in a Greek, uh, something called Greek summit, which is a, an event that crew puts on for a couple of weeks, campus crusade for Christ. Yeah. They, we had signed up for it like maybe in September. Yeah. A long time ago. And, um, and we both went, we were excited about it, but meanwhile, you know, I'm coming in after one year of school, fresh out of school. It's, you know, in May and Fallon is coming in fresh out of her conversion. And so we, we learned to do a lot of things on the, it, it's, it was an amazing trip. I mean, we learned how to pray deeper. We, we went out and evangelized. We did some evangelization on a beach kind of thing. I mean, we made deep friendships with other Greek students from across the country. It was awesome. Awesome. But I remember happening, uh, a big moment for me was Fallon grabbed me maybe two days before the thing ended. And she said, Hey, let's go on a, let's go on a walk. I want to hear about how this experience has been for you. You know, and I said, Oh, sure. And so we're walking along the beach and, uh, and she, she's hearing about my experience. I've, I'm on fire at this <laughs> point because I'm, I'm like, I've learned how to pray. I'm encountering God in the scriptures, all these things. And she said, you know, um, this is, this is awesome. And I said, maybe I'll just be a, a crew missionary one day. Like, I think I just want to go evangelize. I just had this great zeal for evangelization. And she said, Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, the Catholic church, church does, you know, teach some things that are just a little different. And she kind of was trying to introduce this idea that, um, you know, not all faiths are the same or maybe believe the same things as she was doing it so gently and, and wonderfully. And I said, oh, well, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're kind of the same though, right? Like everyone kind of believes the same things. And she was like, not so much. I, I, you know, yeah, kind of sort of, but, um, the big things, yeah, sure. But uh, there are some things that are a little different, you know, uh, that the Catholic church teaches. I've learned a lot about it this semester. Can I, can I share that with you? And I was like, and, and I, I swear I tell Fallon this all the time, but I said, you know, I think the Holy spirit dropped just right at that yeah. moment, uh, right. because I was open yeah. and I said, sure. I said, sure, I would, I'd be interested in hearing what you've had to, what you've learned. And so she sat down with me and for four hours on the beach, I'm, I mean, gosh, we got roasted we probably by the roasted. sun. Um, but, but four hours she sat and she walked through from her memory, what she had learned about the church. She walked me through John six, the bread of life discourse of Jesus presence in the Eucharist, which I had never heard before. She, she walked me through the beautiful uh, respects of the papacy and what the, what, uh, what the Pope had to do with the whole story and what the church was, uh, the, the foundations of the church were laid on. She talked me through so many beautiful things. We actually uh, talked about the birth control conversation again and uh, a little bit of theology of the body. And it was just a taste. But I remember uh, a couple days later, we went to mass. And after she had shared all that, because I, of course, went back to my room and went straight to John 6. I was like, I've never read this stuff before. And we went to mass a couple days later, right before, you know, everybody was leaving. And it was a Sunday. And I remember walking towards the Eucharist at communion and I just cried, you know, and I, it was just, it was so powerful. Um, because again, I had just not, I didn't know, I didn't know, you know, I'd been going to mass my whole life and, um, and just didn't recognize. And so that shot off an enormous amount of events that summer. Fallon started meeting with me. Uh, we would meet twice a week to talk about these things. She would teach me the things. She had her little folder. I mean, it was You're letting her teach you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, Which I mean, was, I think that was the grace of like the, the prayer yeah, of yeah. the, of the semester. There was just, God gave the grace in that moment for you to be open and gave the grace. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, yeah. And 
we feel like that in evangelization. It's like, when do we ever feel like we really know what we're doing? <laughs> Likely never. And <laughs> I, de- I definitely felt that way. Yeah. I, I mean, even when we would meet twice a week, I was like, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm no theologian. I'm not even experienced in all this stuff, but I just know I need to share this with, with the person that I love so dearly. Yeah. And God opened up so many avenues. Yeah. And I mean, and Fallon did everything that summer. I mean, she, it, the things weren't complicated, right? Like, I mean, the, the meetings were not formal that we just throw out topics and talk about them. We dive into scripture together. I mean, we both had summer jobs. So we'd come home from the summer jobs and then meet on the back porch, you know, with an iced tea or whatever it was. And, and we talk about this stuff. And I remember, you know, she brought me to Eucharistic Adoration for the first time in my life. And I remember watching Fallon beeline to the front of the church and prostrate herself. <laughs> and I was like, who, what is happening? I was like, what is going on? This is so weird. Why is my sister lying on the floor in the middle of this church? And so I, I sneak into the back pew because I'm like, I'm not crazy, you know, but, but she tells me like, this is why, you know, I prostrated myself. This is, she walks me through all these things. I remember still to the day that, you know, this was later in the summer when she uh, walked me through, she was talking about the rosary all the time. Um, or she'd ask me to come to the church to pray before the blessed sacrament or in, in, in front of the tabernacle. And I'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm still, you know, I still had a little stubbornness in me, but I remember, um, the rosary, I didn't know how to pray it. I had never prayed it before. And I remember this was again, you know, a couple weeks before we both went back to school and I was, I was trying to look it up online and I was just like struggling a little bit to, to figure it out. And so I was like, I'm gosh, darn it. I'm going to have to ask her. I'm going to have to. (laughs) And so I remember knocking on her bedroom door one night at like 8 PM or something like that. And I was like, can you help me? I don't know how to pray this thing. Like, I need your help. Um, so it was just like moment after moment, the small educational like opportunities that led to a deeper, deeper encounter. Um, and God was just changing my whole life. I mean, he was changing my heart. I engaged with him in conversation, maybe for the first time that summer and, um, just began to know who he was as a, as a father, as a friend, all these things. And it really changed the course of my life going back to Oklahoma state. What advice would you have for the listeners out there? Many of them have siblings, family members, friends that are away from the church to, to, to have these conversations, to lead the one you love, especially it's interesting when you're growing up with those people, like I remember you and you were in sixth grade and you were like this, and who are you to tell me? <laughs> you know, yeah. So what was going on in your mind, Fallon, <laughs> in terms of how you were approaching your sister? And then I'd love to hear Aaron, like what you thought like was really helpful yeah. in, in that period. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. I prayed so much uh, for Aaron in in those months as I was experiencing love itself in God. What was kind of going through my mind, I think I just, I know Aaron so well. I know what makes her tick. <laughs> I also know what frustrates her. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can really relate to her in, in a lot of those areas just by nature of us being from the same family. Yeah. And so I think... I knew in the back of my head that I couldn't be the one just by my own power to to cause her deeper conversion, mm-hmm. um, which was what really was like the prompting to surrender so much to God. Um, and so maybe that's something that I have um, continued to hold on to is um, with people in my life that I want so much for, uh, God really has to come in and, and act. And I, it's a growth of trust and surrender in my heart mm-hmm. uh, to entrust the souls to him. And then in terms of the response, it's asking 
I think for me, it was asking the Holy Spirit to make the space and provide the grace for openness and then to know what and when and how to communicate stuff. You know, there were things I couldn't talk to Aaron about because I knew it maybe probably wasn't the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, There were also other moments where I felt prompted to be really bold, knowing I could get rejected. Mm -hmm. So uh, learning and growing in discernment was something I really uh, grew to experience more of. And I would say to this day, I'm still learning how to do an evangelization. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on the receiving end, I mean, I think you nailed it a little bit is that Fallon knew me really well. Um, and, and I think that that trust when you're receiving new things or things that may be shocking or hard or challenging to receive, um, I think that trust plays such, I mean, the friendship that Fallon and I had made the difference because for, you know, if it wasn't for number one, the Holy spirit and number two, the friendship, I, I would have never said, sure, tell me about what you're learning. And and I actually, I trust you enough to want to listen to what you're saying. And I think that that underlying trust just plays such an integral part in any relationship, uh, especially if you're on the receiving end of things. And I also think that Fallon's uh, rawness in not knowing it all played a huge difference because she didn't come at me, you know, as, as someone who knew all the answers, she was just beginning to open up the doors of the topics for me. And I remember I'd ask her or we'd, we'd, we'd be in conversation you know, on the back porch multiple times where she'd be like, you know what, we haven't covered that yet. Like, but we should look into that. That's a great, that's a great question. Or, you know, I don't, I don't know. And and we'd wrestle with things together. It wasn't always perfect. And, um, and I think that the wrestling part was just very familial because you don't always agree with people in your family. You don't always have the same personalities. And, you know, there were plenty of times that there would be small frustrations even that came out, but at the end of the day, it was the trust and the love. And, and I saw it in the way that Fallon lived. And so, um, and we exchanged that together. I think that was a very reciprocal part of our relationship. And that was, you know, the way we were raised. Our parents are amazing and, and really just led us in this life of love that was not easy, was not perfect, and was not always, you know, the way we expected it to be. But um, as a receiver, I think those qualities were really, yeah, just like transformative uh, for us for for that summer. I mean, that summer was one to not, you know, not ever forget. <laughs> Well, this has been blessed to have you on on the show here. And thank you for sharing your story, but for all that you do for Focus. And if all the listeners out there, if you want to learn more about Focus, so Aaron and Fallon both serve as regional directors in Focus Fellowship of Catholic University students. So they oversee about eight, nine campuses each uh, in different parts of the country. And uh, they're just two of, of, of the many, the almost thousand amazing people I'm blessed to work with in Focus. If you want to learn more about Focus, you can go to focus.org, focus.org, and you can learn more about its apostolate serving college students, parishes, dioceses around the country, around the world. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy. It's so fun to recollect on the ways God's working. So yeah, thanks for letting us share. All right. You can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or my website. If you have any follow-up questions, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.